NFL Show, part of the Mojo Sports Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mojo Sports AFL Show. I'm your host, Callum Dunk, and joining me on tonight's show is Ash. Ash, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm pretty good, Callum. Uh, it was a round of a few upsets and a few close games, a few blowouts. It's sort of a bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of licorice all sorts this weekend. Uh, before we get started, make sure you head over to the Mojo Sports Instagram page at Mojo Sports AFL to stay updated with all of our amazing content here on the podcast and the Mojo Sports Network. Uh, let's head back to Friday night. Uh, the Western Bulldogs defeated Richmond by 55 points in a very dominant display in the first quarter and a superb performance by Marcus Bontempelli. A very close one for the Bombers as they get over the West Coast Eagles by a singular point at Marvel Stadium. The Crows did what they needed to do against the Gold Coast Suns. The biggest surprise of the round was the Hawks winning over Collingwood by 32 points at the MCG. Uh, Then we headed down to Geelong where the Cats uh, defeated my beloved Power by 12 points in what I thought was a pretty good game of footy, uh, taking my Port Adelaide bias out of that, of course. Uh, The other game on Saturday night saw the Sydney Swans, I suppose, upset the uh, GWS Giants at Giant Stadium. They won by 11 points. The Sunday games, we ventured down to Tassie and had the Demons win over the Kangaroos by 32 points in Alistair Clarkson's return. The result of the round in your eyes, Ash, uh, Carlton won against St Kilda by 19 points at Marvel Stadium. And to conclude the round, Fremantle had their opportunities, but Brisbane were able to complete the longest trip in football uh, to win by three points over the Dockers. Uh, very interesting round of football, mate, as we said. Um, a few surprise results, but I think the biggest surprise of the round was the Hawks, um, you know, getting over the, the premiership favourites. Uh, I thought it was a spe- spectacular performance from Sam Mitchell and his team. Uh, the the tactics of having Finn McGuinness just run around with Dacos worked a treat. Obviously, Dacos did go off injured towards the end of that game and uh, he's out for approximately six weeks. So, you know... Can he get back in time? It depends on, you know, how Collingwood go in finals to whether they risk him or not, or even if they play him at 80% fitness. Uh, but back to the Hawks, um, Mitch Lewis and Jacob Kaczynski are a pretty lethal combination up forward. And Luke Bruce has kicked 42 goals for the year as well. So um, it was a great performance. You can see the opti- optimism around Hawthorne, whether they, you know, potentially stagnate next year or whether they make another significant jump uh, because they're doing so much better than what everyone anticipated at the start of the year. Um, I think we both had them for Wooden Spoon. I think um, uh, Jake, when he was on the podcast, he also suggested that Hawthorne would be the likely Wooden Spooners for for this year. But um, the excitement in their midfield with Will Day, John Newcomb, um, obviously, you've got the captain in, in James Sicily, who was playing a, a sensational role. Um, you know, it's just they they recruit a few players here and there. They might even be in the conversation to trade up for Harley Reid at the end of the year. Imagine if they were able to add Harley Reid to that already young, dynamic midfield that they've got going on. So what were your thoughts about the Hawks? And are there some danger signs for Collingwood? Um, yeah, well, first of all, the Hawks. Um, great to see 
great to see the Hawks win, great to see Collingwood lose, um, but we're not here for my Collingwood hatred, Carlton bias. Um, uh, James Sicily is a star, and we touched on with Collingwood. Any Daniel signs? I wouldn't say that there's any Daniel signs at this moment, but it's certainly not the time of the year where you want to sort of have a few consecutive losses. So um, time for Craig McRae to sort of gather his troops. Big game this week against Geelong. I'll be looking forward to see how Collingwood respond after a few disappointing weeks. Yeah, the only thing that I'll say about Collingwood, and I think Collingwood's entitled to have their little, you know, dip and, and lull period, as I suppose they call it. Um but their forward line, I would say, is not functioning the way that they would certainly hope it is. Um, it's kind of been a bit of Jamie Elliott or bust. Um, obviously, they've got those role players down there in Bobby Heal and Bo McCreary. Um, but Myacek hasn't been getting amongst the goals in the last few weeks. They're playing Ash Johnson in the ruck. Ash Johnson in the ruck um, decided to, to uh, drop Mason Cox back to the VFL. So... Um, whether they stick with that over the next few weeks, it will be very interesting um, to see. But I'm still back in Collingwood to um, make it to the grand final. Um, they've just been playing the most exciting and electric footy over the last couple of years. And funny, um, my team and, uh, and Collingwood have just been having a little down period um, sort of post that, post that epic class that we watched uh, three weeks ago now. So uh, it will be very interesting to see how they sort of get all the pieces of the puzzle back together before uh, the first week of September, which we're all really looking forward to. Uh, the other big result I'd say from the weekend would be Carlton uh, getting over St Kilda. And uh, I was actually really looking forward to this game as it was just two sides that were very evenly matched. She wasn't sure, weren't sure which way it was going to go um it's pretty even tussle most of the way and then Carlton just sort of kicked those few goals um in the last quarter to to get up by three and a little bit goals um geez Carlton could be a scary proposition leading into the finals and I know they've got a tough game against Melbourne in a couple of weeks time I reckon um but it will be if they get Harry Mackay back whether he's at full fitness or not for that game. But, you know, key forwards can win finals off their own boot. We saw what happened with Tom Lynch in the 2019 prelim against Geelong, where Geelong were up by about 20-odd points at, at halftime of that game. So key forwards can win your games in September. And, and Carlton, if their midfield get on top and they win that contested ball, um, they do have those runners off halfback as well that can be very dangerous. Yeah, um, look, I try not to get carried away. Um, yeah, the, the game against Melbourne is this week, um, but we play a few easy teams, or I say easy. So Giants and, and Gold Coast, who I'm expecting to win, Giants and Melbourne and Gold Coast away. Um, Harry Mackay, Colin Mellis coming back in the next few weeks, and then currently we're winning games and smashing teams in the midfield off pretty much our, our, our VFL um, midfield. So three of our four best mids are not playing. There's no Walsh, there's no Chara, there's no Matt Kennedy, who I think is very underrated. Then, like I said, Colin Medalist to return. This week, we unearthed Zach Fisher as a halfback flanker, which is nothing we've ever seen. And he had 32 touches and, and, and really looked like a completely different player to what we've seen with him up, up forward. So it's um, really exciting. I've been saying it all along 
the best teams time their run at the right point. We've seen it with all the premiership sides in the past, start their massive win streak, you know, towards the end of the bye. Opposite of last season where we peaked too early, um, I'm looking forward to it. Finals is pretty much locked in. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a big September. I, I think our, our, here's my big call. I reckon we either get knocked out in an alien week one or make it to a granny. So to a granny, you reckon? To, to a granny. I reckon it'll be one of the two. I could see, I could see prelim as a possibility um, if they do make it. I could also see them getting spanked in the first week as well, depending on who their matchup would be. But, um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how they go, particularly against Melbourne. And I feel like if they're very um, competitive against Melbourne, then that's going to give the players – and the coaching staff at Carlton, a lot of reassurance about, you know, they're doing the right things. The processes are in place. You know, Melbourne has just slowly been able to to build themselves up in the last probably five to six weeks and just kind of slipping under the radar as Port Adelaide drop off a little bit and Brisbane have a, a long game there. Um, Melbourne is just continuing to, to build themselves up, but, is this danger signs for the Saints? Just looking at their draw for for this week, they're playing the Tigers at Marvel. They should probably win that, but Richmond did get spanked last week, so you'd expect there'd be a really solid response from them. Then they have the Cats at Marvel, which would be a very tough game. Uh, and then the last game of the year, they travel to Brisbane. I'm not confident that they make it personally. They're sitting on 44 points. Generally, 13 wins will get get you in. Port's done that. Brisbane's done that. Melbourne's done that. Collingwood's got 16 wins. Carlton is 11 and a half. Bulldogs are 11. Saints are 11. Giants are 11. Um, Geelong's 10 and a half. Sydney's 10 and a half. So... Just looking at their draw, I'm not confident that they make it. I suppose it really um, impacts what happens with GWS as well. In the next couple of weeks, they play the Bombers. This week, the Giants take on Port uh, and Carlton in that last round, as we just touched on. So GWS are in danger of slipping out as well if they're not able to get at least... I feel like teams need to get at least 13 wins, so another two for for. St Kilda and GWS respectively um, to assure themselves of the top eight finish. What are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. I've sort of thought for a while. It was since they sort of lost to Hawthorne originally and then sort of struggled to beat West Coast, kind of struggled to beat uh, North, I think, um, and then just haven't been competitive at all against some of the really top teams. I, I'm pretty confident that they're not going to be there. Cumps and Timber, and uh, another disappointing season for them. And, and another year where they sort of started the season looking really hot, really flash, and then it all, you know, hitting the fan, um, so to speak. So, yeah, been disappointing for them. And I wonder what Brett Ratton's sort of feeling right now. Yeah, it would be a pretty tough, tough pill to swallow. But sorry, just touching on teams that are on the fringes. Collingwood have got Geelong this Friday night. And then touching on after that, Geelong have St Kilda, which could be 
very, very uh, interesting. And then the last game, Geelong had the Bulldogs at GMHBA Stadium. So I feel like Geelong need to win at least two. You'd probably back them in to do it considering St Kilda's drop in form over the last couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, the the Premiers could uh, also miss out as well, which would be – I feel like it would make a lot of teams breathe a bit easier knowing that Geelong's not going to be there. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's really 50-50 for me. Um, probably wait to see the last few weeks. Don't, don't want to make a big call just yet there. Very good. Moot, getting back to, to round 21, um, Melbourne did what they needed to do against North Melbourne and Brisbane were really pushed by Fremantle um, over in the West and were able to get up by three points. Um, The other game that I really enjoyed watching and despite the fact my team lost, I had a good time watching this game, Uh, particularly that first quarter. It was fast. It was electric. And that was Geelong and Port Adelaide. Thought it was a pretty admirable effort by the boys down at Alberton to you know, be within two goals. I know that some people have been very critical that they lost that game. I think if they had Finlayson and Bergman, um, those two real late outs um, before that game, I feel like they would have won just having that extra tall forward option. And then Bergman probably would have played on Jeremy Cameron as he did um, in round, I believe 14 at Adelaide Oval. So, um, and kept him to, to one goal. So, um, even though that um, it was just a good, it was a good game of footy. It was hard. It was contested. I thought Port's young midfield did really well, but Brian Myers, I thought was sensational with his uh, 24 disposals and continues to be uh, on the, on the leaderboard with, uh, with goal assists. How do you see that game down at the Cattery? Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it started off Savine before the game pretty, pretty, um, Interesting with the number of sort of injuries to, to port and illnesses and the concussion sort of situation. So I've sort of seen, keen to see how they would bounce back from a few sort of key personnel changes. I think they did well considering sort of the record, which Geelong have it, uh, Alphabet Stadium, I like to call it. Um, but yeah, Cats keep their sort of slim flag hopes and finals chances alive. Um, but yeah, I think that first quarter in particular was was something crazy. I think both teams were, were definitely over thirty points. I think it would have been sort of forty to thirty or, or something around that mark. So so it was a really um, fun and and interesting sort of uh, first quarter to watch there. Oh, absolutely! And the fact that Port lost Trent McKenzie in the first sort of fifteen minutes of game is a massive blow. Um, particularly with no Alira Alira, and I just thought Port did really well with their injury list and. Looking at Port's draw now, and we touched on this um, off-air before we started recording tonight, um, I feel like Port just needs to get that one win so that they can guarantee themselves top four pretty well. And then following that, they don't worry about finishing top two personally. As much as top two would be great. I think they've blown their shot at top two uh, with the last month of footy with that Carlton game, losing to Collingwood in a, um, small margin, getting blown out by the Crows, and then this loss at Geelong. Okay, 
I don't think too many people probably expected them to to beat Geelong down there anyway. So you need to use this time in the next three weeks plus the pre-finals by, which I still hate, but it's what it's there for. Get Dixon fit. Don't play him until he's 100% fit because he is your key to winning a premiership this year. Same with Scott Lysette. He's having knee surgery. I thought Dante Vicentini did an admirable job in the ruck. I thought he's held his own the last couple of weeks. So really good from the 20-year-old. Um, get Trent McKenzie fit. He's been diagnosed with a partial tear in the PCL, so it's about four weeks. So should be back for that first final, you'd, you'd hope. But um, just trying to, be, trying to get blokes back into the team, get blokes in form, and... If Port can, you know, win, I still think Port could probably win their next three. They've got GWS, they've got um, Fremantle over in the West, uh, and they've got uh, Richmond in the last round. So they should be able to win those three games uh, based on current um, form guides and ladder positions. But um, if they can do that, rest the key players, only bring them back when they're 100% fit, uh, I think that's going to be a long way to pushing premiership hopes and for a port from port point of view i really hope that melbourne finish second instead of brisbane finishing second because any chance of traveling to the gabba uh the odds instantly flip into brisbane's favor um we've been guilty of calling brisbane flat track gabba bullies i suppose the last you know couple of seasons but i still wouldn't want to be playing them up there in a qualifying final or potentially a prelim final as well What's your thoughts on Port resting some key players before um, September? Um, I think if you were a team, uh, even now, it's like Collingwood, like there's no sort of super dominant team at the moment. Anyone can sort of beat anyone, well, not anyone, but I think if Port was sort of absolutely dominating and had a massive win streak and sort of a winning heaps, of footy and their games over the last month or two, then I probably would would be for it. But considering I think they've lost four in a row, is it? I, I think you need as much momentum going into St Kilda as possible. And as I said about sort of Collingwood just moments before, um, it's not the time where you sort of want to be kind of derailing. It's not it's not panic signs, but it, it's not what you want. So I'm in sort of the camp of, you know, have your players fit. Play them if they're fit, rest them if they're not fit. But if they are, then play them because you need to win as many games as possible. Not so much about ladder position, but just to get that form and that confidence sort of going before you really hit those big games in September. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more, mate. Um, I think it's – are there any other key points that you want to touch on from the weekend before we move into our AFL fantasy segment? I think we've covered most of the games pretty well. Excellent. So let's move into our AFL fantasy segment. I'm not going to lie, this was a quite a frustrating round for myself. So uh, I foolishly did not put the vice-captaincy loophole on Marcus Bontempelli on Friday night. That was a very poor decision. I'm not going to lie. I totally forgot the game was on and to do my fantasy. Um, I traded out James Walpole finally. I brought in LDU. LDU got me 82, which I'm not particularly pleased about. Uh I did put the captaincy on Jordan Dawson. I thought against Gold Coast that would have been at least like 120. 
only got 196. Uh, well, 120 doubled, obviously. Uh, Zach Merritt's been a very consistent performer this year. He's probably going to get my captaincy nod this week uh, with playing North Melbourne. My racks have been pretty solid um, with Wits and, and Marshall. Um, Zach Butters is 130. Uh, Harry Sheasel was 53. I've been holding him. I've been holding him. I've still been very hesitant to trade him out because he has been, you know, scoring those high 90s and, and tons. Um, but 53 was not what you'd hope. But I really regret bringing in Tom Mitchell. Um, I thought that with the suspension to Jordan Goey, um, it would have been a great time for him to get some extra time around the ball. But the fact that he's been subbed out on multiple occasions hasn't helped. Uh, and Nick Dacos with 37, five touches and a goal, getting injured and subbed off uh, was not particularly great. So I finished with 2,290. If this was around, a I don't know, around four or five score, I would have been pretty happy with that. Uh, but at this time of the year, you need to be pushing those um, 2,400 sort of mark, you know, 2,500. Some people even getting into the 2,600 mark with that. I think is uh, quite outrageous, but uh, just shows how important nailing your your captain is. Um, You know, just lost a hundred points by simply picking the wrong bloke. Uh, And James Sisley, 160. We touched on his amazing performance against Collingwood earlier in the show. Uh, This week, uh, Dacos will be traded out, uh, looking to go at a bit of point of difference at this time of the year. Just, I'm not winning the car. I'm not winning the, the hats. Um, so I'm going with Josh Kelly. Uh, I don't think Port will tag, um, him this week. Um, I don't feel like he'll cop the Willem Drew attention. The other pick, I've got a hundred and 105 in the bank. Do I pull the trigger and go Sheasel to, to someone? I'm not sure. It might be that. Otherwise, it's probably Tom Mitchell. Um, I'm hoping that with Dacos out now, Tom Mitchell gets a bit extra game time uh, in the guts and isn't getting subbed off. Uh, But that's a risk I'll have to see whether I'm willing to take it when the teams come out this week. How'd you go, mate? I mean, I guess decent as good as I could have been considering my season ended five months ago. Um, That's true. I guess I'll talk into the individuals rather than sort of overall performance. I kept, I captain Gordon, who I traded in after I traded out. It's sort of a, a falling on jump. What I'm talking about, which was a massive regret. Um, I'm lucky that I traded out Tom Mitchell um, a few weeks ago before I noticed sort of the trends of what were occurring. Um, I'm glad I sort of cut my losses there, traded him out. Um, the other one is Nick Dacos, so he'll be going this week. Um, and the other person I will trade out is um, probably one of um, rookies from the bench downgraded so I can uh, have a bit more cash. So we're banking a bit of cash this week. There's not anyone in particular this week who I don't have currently in my team who I sort of desperately want, so I'm keen to sort of hold – a week, do a double downgrade, and then sort of bank that cash through my final few updates and fi- uh, final few upgrades in the final few weeks. 
Very good. Let's quickly touch on round 22 before we finish up tonight. Uh, Collingwood take on the Cats on Friday night, North Melbourne and Essendon at Marvel on Saturday. Uh, the Swans and Suns at the SCG. Uh, the Twilight game is Brisbane and the Crows. Uh, Saturday night is Carlton and uh, Melbourne. That should be a ripping contest. Also, a the Western Derby, uh, Eagles and Dockers, um, two teams that have very much underperformed this year. The Sunday games, the Hawks take on uh, the Western Bulldogs in Tassie. Uh, Richmond take on the Saints at Marvel. And to conclude the round is Port Adelaide and GWS at Adelaide Oval. Uh, the game that I'm probably looking forward to the most would certainly be Melbourne and uh, Carlton, your boys. Um, I'd love to see how Carlton go against a proper top four premiership contender. Uh, the Collingwood and Geelong games always tend to be good, good contests. So interesting to see how that goes. Uh, and it really interested to see even shame Nathan's uh, not here when I say this, but really looking forward to see how the Crows go against Brisbane up at the Gabba. Uh, the Crows are still technically a mathematical chance to make it, but the odds are certainly stacked against them. So what are you looking forward to this weekend, mate? Yeah, I think you touched on it pretty well. The other game, which I'm looking forward to is St. Kilda and Richmond, because it's almost do think that the team that loses this probably doesn't make finals. Um, Richmond obviously lower on the ladder for St. Kilda, who currently sits seventh, but Saints after this play Geelong and then also Brisbane away. So two games which are really, really tough. And then on the other hand, you have Richmond who have their own sort of um, pretty tough games. They're already on the back foot sitting 13th on the ladder, but then um, with their remaining fixture, I think they play North who they should beat, but then uh, Port Adelaide away. So you think they're going to win this week and next week as a minimum to even sort of be considered proper finals chances. It's looking unlikely for them, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who can sort of get the ball rolling and try and salvage their season in the last few weeks. I think a few dominoes are going to fall this week, um, but I still feel like there's going to be moving pieces of the puzzle right up until the end of round 24. But Ash, um, good to chat with you, mate. Thanks for, for joining me again on the Mojo Sports AFL podcast. It's all right. Thanks, Callum. Another great short talk absolutely mate hopefully nathan will be able to join us again this week away with work commitments and uh looking at his brand new house lucky bugger so thanks for tuning into the mojo sports afl show this week uh make sure that you listen to some of our other shows on the network and make sure you go and follow our instagram at mojo sports afl we'll see you next week cheers